Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got... Uh, I've got a freshly shaved Scott, actually. Hello, how are you? I'm a bit disappointed. Yeah, sorry things. about that. It got um, very ginger and very long. <sighs> Listeners, he shaved off his beard. <laughs> it's stubble. It's not too bad. It's coming yeah, back, Yeah, it's coming it? back. Good. Excellent. Uh, we've got... Adam. Hello. How I'm are good, you? Thank you. Good. Um, well, thank you very much. Uh, also, listeners, we've got a fantastic surprise because fresh from Totally Football Show, uh, author or two of Outside the Box, um, we've got Duncan Alexander. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm good, thanks, yeah. Good. You're here under sort of sufferance and penance, aren't you? Because you said bad things about Liverpool to me the other week. Well, I sort of hypothesised the scenario that then actually came true, which made me look a like a soothsayer and b yeah made me unpopular with Liverpool fans because I basically pointed out before the the City game was it the, the Arsenal game wasn't it yes that's right the um uh, was it the Arsenal game where they basically played twice in a week Everton uh, in the second game Liverpool played in between at West Ham I said it's because City win today Liverpool draw at West Ham and then City beat Everton and um, which seemed to me quite obvious but loads of people seemed really baffled by it, so. Well, you've, you've got sort of quite a, your, your book is absolutely fantastic. I do really like it, but there is quite a sort of factor in the isn't Yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I've always liked, I mean, you might not think so, but I've always quite liked it. <laughs> and you know, that chapter was, it could be read as a bit harsh as it kind of chronologically goes through all the seasons Liverpool haven't won the title. Excellent. Um, <laughs> but, and explains why, but I, you know, I wouldn't have wanted to do that about a team a lot of teams you know it would have been a bit uh, arduous to go through each season for say I don't know Tottenham or something so it was it was a semi labour of love but I think you know maybe <laughs> maybe they'll win the league this year and then that chapter's defunct I hope Jurgen Klopp when he does in the nicest possible way that you get lots of book sales from it would hold up a copy of your book and say I showed you so what, like, yeah, like, I would like, like Rafa Benitez having a breakdown. Yes, <laughs> yeah. facts or something. <laughs> facts. <laughs> yeah, okay. uh, you were introduced on the Totally Football Show last week as part man, part a logarithm. I've sort of thought in the past that this week, as you coming on, you sort of see things in infrared with sort of numbers scrolling down your vision. Hmm. Uh, if that was true, that would be good. But sadly, that isn't the case, and I'm a bit more prosaic in how I look things up. I mean, I think, um, obviously, I work for Opta, and we, a lot of the stuff we push out isn't necessarily unique to us, you know, that stuff around results historically and, and whatever, but 
what we can do is you know, researching that really quickly and kind of if you're the first person or people to get it out there then you kind of own the conversation so that's kind of been the, the general uh, method and process really and we we've built lots of tools that allow us to quickly you know delve into into stuff um, you know like someone Daniel Story asked me this week he'd noticed that loads of the players in the Ajax team and the Champions League um, this week were all age 21 and he was like what's the, the most number of players aged the same age in a in a squad um, I saw this so I, I mean it took me yeah it took me that probably took me eight or nine minutes to, to run um, wow so you know that was quite a complicated one because there was obviously various uh, layers to it as well so mm. you know if it's something like you know minutes per goal historically for the Premier League if Aguero's got another hat trick or whatever you know that literally takes us 10 20 seconds to run so that's kind of the the ethos really is to is to do things as quickly as possible but then also be accurate so and um, I mean that's fascinating because I'm, I'm quite stuffed here because normally before we do this podcast I do tend to scroll through your timeline and nick a load of stuff so I hope you don't mind but <laughs> I'm kind of bereft of ideas for this week but you're, there's two things that sort of stick out you're Sadio Mane scoring X amount of goals within two miles of the sea and I yeah. asked you once someone there were two players that scored one week with double Z's well with two Z's in there two, it's unique or something you came up with it about 10 minutes or something done about four or five times before do you have a sort of Excel spreadsheet how it works do you type a keyword in or how, how does how does that work? So we've got a thing. I mean, I'd say like 70% of what we push out in various places is done on a thing we've got a query tool, which is basically our entire database of, of results of, you know, as basic as results in school uh, and appearances all the way through to really advanced stuff, you know, like expected goals and all that stuff. Um, and we've got various um, interfaces where we can we can run stuff really quickly on that. So... You know, like if it was players with double Zs in the name to do something, I can quickly run every player to play or every player to score, or every player to be substituted or whatever the, the angle is uh, in a competition's history, um, if we've got it. You know, obviously if it was uh, Division 1 from the 19th century, we don't have all of that, but we do have every, everything for the Premier League. Um, and then, yeah, you can, you can kind of quickly work stuff out. Mm. And the Sadio Mane one? Sadio Mane one was just... I was doing something about him and noticed that he got a hat-trick or two goals away at Bournemouth. And I thought, well, that's... He obviously played for Southampton and got the quickest hat-trick ever. And then he's joined Liverpool. I was like, they're all near the coast. Um, and then I kind of looked at his other goals and a lot of those, even away from home, he'd scored at Sunderland, he'd scored at various places. And and I just worked it out. And it's, it's a stupid stat in many ways because, as a few people have said, well, that must be the case for a lot of players. And it probably is true. But, it, you know, I just quite like it because... Every time he scores, either at home or, or somewhere that isn't... You know, when he scored at West Ham the other week, I was furious because, you know, it was relatively close to the river, but... And it is a part of the river. <laughs> Someone once told me, actually, that technically, um, if you were doing an East Coast derby, then you could have Hull against Fulham because the River Thames just ties it all the way up to past Fulham. So right. it, is essentially, it is essentially the East Coast, even when you're on the banks of the... Um, you know, by Craven Cottage, so, but yeah, a bit, a bit of a hard sell. Yeah, no, just that, that one in particular, because I mean, with so many sort of Champions League games and games at night, you must be doing a lot of this sort of tweeting in your own time. So I just didn't know whether you had some sort of Excel spreadsheet in front of you or or something like that. But um, 
Um, but yes, but yeah, I thoroughly do recommend that book because your book goes through each Premier League season till a couple of years ago from when you released it, sort of season by season, doesn't it? it goes through all the um, various different sort of statistical permutations, doesn't it, of each season? Yeah, it was around the twenty fifth. Yeah, yeah. No, it's very very good. Uh, right, this week. Yeah, it was like a oh, mini oh. review of each season. Yes. Was the kind of structure, and then there's loads of other stuff. So yeah. yeah. Oh no, it is. It's brilliant. I mean, if you're into sort of nostalgia or something like that and sort of looking back through the years and thinking I remember him it's um it's a very very good read indeed um right this is this week we're going to be talking about the Champions League uh, as I said oh, I said this already I feel like I've said it once before Champions anyway Champions League we're going to be talking about news uh, FA Cup and uh, bits and bobs of other leagues so we'll start off on the Wednesday games first of all we're going to talk about Spurs 3 Borussia Dortmund 0 um Son scored a goal as the Jambatongan and Fernando Lorenti. Three goals in the second half. Um, I tell you what I did like about this is um, sort of reading about it the day afterwards. The photograph on the BBC website of Son scoring is where he's in midair just as he's about to strike the ball facing the Dortmund keeper. Has anyone seen that picture? No. Very good if you get a chance to check that one out. Um, Jambatongan got man of the match on the BBC. <coughs> is that fair enough? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but the first time he'd scored and assisted in the same game since 2013 so that's quite a long time you know for someone to play out fishing that well I mean when the when the team sheet came out it you know it looked a bit to Pulis-esque didn't it with four <laughs> central defenders but um, they didn't play like a Tony Pulis team it'd be a little bit if, if, um, if, sort of, if Harrison Ford and Prince Harry had a baby <laughs> yeah <laughs> Okay, I think he was sort of over there. Um, Jan Vertonghen, in his last 12 um, appearances in all competitions, has got 11 goals and 5 assists. Uh, I saw this question on babagol.net, which is a sort of Middle do East... You mean, do you mean son, not Jan Vertonghen? Son? What did I say? Yeah, you said Jan Vertonghen. Uh, oh, I'm glad you were here. <laughs> yes, son. 12 goals in all competitions. Uh, 11 goals, 5 assists. Babagol.net, which is like a sort of Middle Eastern developing world football website, said, is he the best Asian player ever? I thought Nakata instantly. Um, Ross on our Man of the Post WhatsApp group uh, said Ali Dea, the uh, Iranian player. Um, anybody else got any suggestions? King Katz, is it King Kazu, the 51 year old who's still going strong? Uh, is he contributed much or does he play many oh. games? Not really. <laughs> but but I, 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 Nakata is a, is a strong shout. Ex Roma as well should be first on your list. Didn't, didn't someone else? Didn't someone else suggest Park as well? Yeah, I mean, I would say in Premier League terms, Park is the is probably the only other rival. And but I guess the difference between Park and Son is that Park, although he probably has still played a bit more bigger games compared to Son at this point, he was very much a player who was a destructive sort of player, and he you know he did a very good job for Ferguson's team. Of, uh, of you know man marking, whereas Son is very much you know probably you know, at the moment one of the most informed forwards in the world. So they they do very different jobs, and I think Son what Son does is obviously aesthetically more pleasing to football fans. Mm. I mean, I also uh, the argument I made when we were talking about this in our WhatsApp group was that um, <coughs> Son just already at, or at only twenty six has done a lot more at the highest level than Park ever did in terms of. I, Yes, the argument was made that Park won. Son has scored more goals, played in more games. I, I, I think it's. I think even at 26, you could. There's already a very probably go as far as to say that I think he probably is the great, the greatest Asian player. 
Okay. Um, I mean, bearing what he's been doing the last couple of weeks for South Korea as well, he's put a hell of a lot of miles in, hasn't he, for both club and country. So he's still maintain that scoring record as well. Um, I had a look at you. I think he's played the fifth most games for Spurs this season, which given that he's actually gone off and played in an international tournament, during the season is, is pretty decent. So, I mean, I know he went after the group stage and then they got knocked out after a couple of matches, but even so. Also, also, that a lot of players have already played a lot of games for Spurs. It's not like there's a lot of rotation there. So to be fifth in that group is still quite high because you imagine that Ericsson's playing all the time, Kane when fit, Ali. Lloris. Without looking at the defence, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, and... It's a conundrum, isn't it? Because uh, the more that Spurs do well, the more Daniel Levy must be saying, "Well, why do we need to buy anybody?" You know, it's it's sort of like a, um, uh, it's like a vicious circle of sorts, isn't it? Because the more Pochettino gets out of these players, then the more Levy says, "Well, we don't need to buy anybody." Yeah, uh, well, uh, I've always maintained the argument that it's that that doesn't necessarily always come from. Um, from Levy, I think that uh, much like you were, you were saying uh, twelve months ago about, or eighteen months ago about Klopp, that it's about for Pochettino, it's about signing the right player as opposed to any other. So if he, if they don't have the money to buy the player that he wants, that he doesn't necessarily want to settle on some lesser player, at, in sort of similar to what Liverpool did with Virgil Van Dijk. There was um, there was two rumours flying around that Spurs did have deals for Ross Barkley and Sigurdsson and Pochettino both said no. So he wants he wants his type of players in. Oh, that's interesting. Um, any judgment we can make on Jaden Sancho, or Christian Pulisic? Uh, bear in mind Pulisic's heading here next season, based on those these games to the, um, this game this week, or. Is it just sort of Dortmund didn't play great in the second half, Spurs did, and they're still great players, the pair of them? Yeah, um, I saw uh, short highlights actually probably a couple of hours ago. Pulisic did have that chance in the first half, which Juan Foyf decided to do a Cruyff turn on his own box. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but hadn't he been stitched up by... Davis and Sanchez. Before then, giving him yeah. a pass that he probably didn't really want. Yeah, it was a, a, a League Two pass at best. Um, <laughs> but it hit straight at him. Yeah, I um, saw bits of Sancho in the, in the first half. He looked very good. Plus, he, he had a, an amazing game against Hoffenheim on Saturday, um, which Dortmund decided to throw away a three-goal lead and draw 3-3. But, yeah, um, I think with Dortmund, they're going to look to concentrate on the league now. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. very much made that decision <laughs> yeah, at, about, at about 10 o'clock on Wednesday, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think about five points ahead of Bayern, and they don't want Bayern to win it for another uh, another time. Uh, Duncan, there was some on other podcasts I'd steal things from. Um, they were talking this week about um, half-time analysis at Spurs. They were actually using video analysis from the first half on how to pick up uh, or how to improve in the second half. Do you get involved with any of that at all? Is that an unusual thing that Spurs do, or is that sort of common across the board? That's pretty common amongst a lot of clubs now. I mean, I know City have been doing stuff like that for sort of five years, and um, we have a, a bit of Optical Doctor Pro that kind of works with all our, all our professional club customers, and we work with about 150, 160 clubs around the world. So, um, you know, as each, as each year goes on, you get a kind of virtuous circle of, technology getting better and also managers who are more um you know accept of that sort of 
approach. So you know, Pochettino very much that generation who he would have had data and, and analysis, video analysis throughout his career as a player, and you know, he's all more than happy to use it as a manager. Uh, but I think that the key thing is, and particularly in that kind of situation, is they have to distill stuff really quickly and really succinctly because there's no point trying to give a player a massive, um, you know, load of information half time when they're trying to, you know, relax and, and reel and stuff. So it, he's a bit that, but I think what he does it is obviously very effective and that probably does make him different to other managers. Mm. I'd say you've got to be very quick with what you show because you've got a short time which to show someone and they've got to sort of take that in and try and remember it on the pitch in about 20 minutes time when the some players will react in different ways so some players might you know some players might want to be told this is three times so he's probably going to do it again whereas some players will want a more kind of general overview and so yeah but I mean we we saw a bit with the Bielsa thing when when that was revealed the depths that Leeds were going to to research opponents you know that is pretty standard for for football now, and, you know, and but, the but the UK press rock. lost their, huh? <laughs> just the UK press absolutely lost their minds. Yeah, was, what is this bizarre. magician? I guess they thought that you know managers turn up Saturday and kind of go someone like this week and then send them out, but that hasn't really been the case for quite a few years. I think it was very much the, the kind of people in the press that probably make of Harry Redknapp who who does do that. Sort yeah. of who can opt to that have been there sort of a little bit longer than yourself who have noticed sort of sea change in recent years then towards stats or anything like that. I mean, I've been there sort of 10, 12 years, so I've seen it go from very, um, you know, there, but very much behind the scenes and, and kind of to, to you know, stuff like expected goals. I mean, for instance, the average distance of shots um, in the Premier League has declined every season for five years, so that the average distance has, has become closer to the goal each season as it's gone on, um, which could be random, but is probably more likely to, because... You know, manager, there's no point just shooting from long range unless you're Stierard late against Ossie in 2014. But, you know, generally teams now do work the ball into, into the score. You know, we see how successful City are getting to the byline and pulling it back and, and scoring the goal that they seem to score. So mm. um, teams are a lot more methodical now and, yeah, a lot more research. And uh, it's why I'll never really criticise a player if he does something that people don't like and keep doing it because by manager. You might say, put every ball you get into this zone because we think that player on your position is weak or doesn't track back or something. And he's just doing what he's told. So. Mm. It's like, like Harry Kane taking corner. Move to the second game on Wednesday night, which is IX1 Real Madrid 2. Um, Real Madrid uh, winning three goals through Benzema and Asensio. Um, Far, Chris, and no one, no, uh, one went to the, no one went to the cops. Did you know, yes, yes. I, I thought about you this week. Did you hear about this, Duncan? The, yeah. um, five managers went. Yeah. Um, myself and Adam had a bit of a disagreement out about last week because I thought it was pretty disgraceful how nobody went. Adam was a bit more met about it, and my point was proven here. Was it? Yes. Was it okay. But <laughs> well, we'll just leave that as we both think we're from the one then, shall we? Okay, but we 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 both know I did. So the, the, the goal was disallowed. What was the goal at this point? Was it nil nil at this point? Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, it was first half. Crossing in Tagliafico heads it towards Tortoise who. I don't, it, doesn't catch, it doesn't catch the ball. Um, yeah, he floats at the ball. Flaps. <laughs> Flaps big time. Um, and then Dusan Tadic is offside as the ball goes in. So the, he was given offside firstly because he was, albeit by a very small margin, and secondly because he was deferring with play. Am I right on that so far? Well, it was, it was, there was two phases of play. And he was offside for the first phase of play. Yeah. And then we're considered to have been interfering. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm not really sure why there was any controversy here because one, he was offside. And two, um, he was trying to block Courtois anyway. So 
You can either give him. I, I think you disallow. You can disallow the goal for offside. You can disallow the goal for obstruction. Do you guys can care with that, Scott and Duncan, or do you want to? Oh, no, I agree because um, you can see uh, Tadic's sort of movements towards Courtois. Yeah, sticks his shoulder in. Yeah. Don't come where do you stand yeah. on the offside is offside. You, if you're offside by a toenail, are you offside or do you think there should be some leeway there? Well, yeah, by the by the laws of the game, there's you know, there's no vagueness to it. You either it's binary but offside or not. I mean I think it was the right decision with this one, but no like you said, no one's seen that prepared a commentary on BT was they didn't really know what was going on. Um and it was a bit ironic I guess that the first bar decision benefited Madrid which is kind of you know <laughs> who could have guessed <laughs> who would have thunk it uh, well, it would... was a bit of a shame because I actually played so well in that first half mm. um, you know they, they deserved to and I know they did score later in the game but you know they, they didn't really deserve to lose that game I'd say this is Real Madrid doing what Real Madrid do though isn't it they sort of spawn their way through till they get really really good um, Benzema his goal was set up by Vinicius Junior and I'm of Killing Mbappe excitedness about Vinicius Junior because I watched him in the Classico last week in the Copa del Rey um, and I watched him here again. He's just fantastic. I love seeing someone get the ball and just run at people um, and to have the sort of now sort of, to to pass it at the end to someone who's in a better position rather than get overexcited and sort of try and shoot and possibly miss. I I thought his play was fantastic for for that first goal. Yeah, it, he's had a, a good what, a couple of months since coming from the Castilla team? Yeah. Um, yeah, it impressed me for the goal. What defenders hate the most is people running them at pace. And if you've got Vinicius Jr. running at you, you you're going to be a bit scared and try not to uh, take him out on halfway line. And he had the uh, the cool and the calmness just to lay it off to Benzema, who is, is it his 60th Champions League goal. Yeah. Yeah, which is a very good record. Yeah, Benzema kind of encapsulates Madrid in a way in the sense that he's never that good but he is also good so, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, Vinicius Jr has now got the most assists of any Real Madrid player this season which given I mean it's surprising in some senses given how young he is but when you think of who's been in form and in out of form and injured and stuff maybe not but you know he's doing really well and it's, it's quite rare for Madrid to I know they obviously bought him but you know to, to have someone at the start of their career is quite rare, it feels, for them. Is it eight assists? Yeah. Oh, can I have a John Opter? Yeah. <laughs> they've also got uh, another Brazilian coming their way, haven't they, Chris and Rodrigo? Uh, yeah. A football manager, hipster's choice for me and you. I, I'm, all, I'm all over Walter Farinas at the moment. Uh, uh, the Venezuelan keeper. Yeah, I'm all yeah. over him. <laughs> Rodrigo, yeah, you, you can't get them anymore for sort of peanuts. In the early version of FM19, you can actually get Lucas Paqueta still, but you can't get him anymore. Because he's starring at AC Milan at the moment. Uh, yeah, when I got it back, I bought him for Liverpool, but I started playing it from like onwards. He was already earmarked for Milan, which was quite annoying. Yeah. But you just cheat anyway, so why don't you just work around that? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, are we all like first, his... first name, last name has taken the job at AC Milan. <laughs> Are we all like in Sergio Ramos's um, yellow card on purpose? Which have really got history with, haven't they? Yeah, Chubby Alonso. Yeah, Jersey Dudek giving the signals behind the goal. <laughs> I, I like that he ran off to save it. He did it on purpose, and then tweeted he didn't do it on purpose. Yeah. 
Don't worry, 2019, I'll definitely get away with this. David Beckham did something similar, I seem to remember, for England. Was it against yeah. Macedonia or someone, wasn't it? Was it Wales, wasn't it? Was it any yeah, yeah, and yeah, he was absolutely pilloried for it because it was, you know, against the, the, the mysterious code that English footballers have to follow that no one actually knows. <laughs> I mean, it's because we don't you know, die. Yeah, it's funny because like, for most footballers, it would that would be quite... Um, you know, quite a sneaky thing to do, but for Sergio Ramos, it's probably the fifth most honest thing he's ever done. <laughs> do you have? Is there? A, is there a correlation between um, between sort of Christmas time and play and certain players getting red carded? Yes, that's been proven, isn't it? Is it, like, been... is, is there like sort of definite sort of people that are guilty Nolan of it? Christmas, is it yeah, was it, is it Kevin? Kevin Nolan had five Christmases off. Yeah. yeah, I worked out the player who's played the most games in the Premier League but never played on Boxing Day, um, which is Jack Rodwell. <laughs> Jack Rodwell was about 100-odd 100, 100 games. He's probably never played in the Premier League again, and to be fair. Yeah, I don't know whether, whether that was a... Probably he didn't play on Christmas because he was Jack Rodwell, but... Um... <laughs> yeah, very different reasons yeah. this time. It's like, it's in a similar vein, there's the thing with Neymar for the five years. His sister's birthday. He's been unavailable to play for his sister's <laughs> birthday for either injury or suspension. Yes. Is there something well, even, at Wickham, even at Wickham the other day, we uh, drew nil-nil at home to Bradford in an abysmal match by all accounts. And uh, Akin Fenwell was apparently injured, yet was also at the Super Bowl being interviewed as very So <laughs> um, I think the injury was, was slight, to say the least. So that was... <laughs> Is there something at the end of the season that players want to slope off early? Well, actually, on this, I looked up something. This, a lot of the stuff we push out is is you, you come across it when you're looking for something else and you go, oh, that's quite interesting, and you save it or you, you do whatever with it. But I had a look for the um, the average pass completion rate on whole match days, so not for for a player or team or even um, a game but for the whole match day as it is um, and I think something like five of the top ten were basically the last day of the season in various seasons so that is just the most you know obviously no one tackling no one wanting to injure themselves ahead of their holiday and it was yeah it's quite it kind of fit it's good when data fits into what you think would be <laughs> the case anyway <laughs> um, okay so let's go to Tuesday although some people have already talked about it um, we'll go yeah, to... Sorry again. <laughs> really sorry again. I'll be looking forward to you coming on all week. <laughs> uh, OK, so, Manchester United nil, Paris Saint-Germain. Two goes from Kimpele and Kylian Mbappe. Halfway through the first half, I tweeted uh, Uwe Kylian, and then in the second half, I had to retweet it, saying this age well. Um, <laughs> he, di- he didn't have the best of first halves, and neither team did particularly well did they They it, it all seemed so disjointed for both of them didn't it does anyone else feel the same or am I missing something in the first half um, PSG were so wasteful with their passes in the final third the amount of not not necessarily last balls but sort of we're going to play sort of that that, date, that pass that's going to put someone through or or a put someone down the wing or something, something that's going to be a maybe pass or two away from creating a chance. They were just putting the ball 10 yards out of play. And I know, it's like, or they kept passing it back in field or something that was like slowing down. I don't know whether they did it on purpose or not. I wonder if Tuchel told, Tuchel told him to do that and then tried to um, exploit United in the second half, which they did. Mm. I feel a bit like that, that they, they spent a lot of time in the first half nullified by, you know, uh, Pogba and Martial. 
Um, and then I think they got quite lucky in the sense that Martial got injured. Um, and then obviously Sanchez was not a very able replacement. <laughs> and they then decided to completely wind up Angel Di Maria, who is a really overly maligned player, I think. Like, I tweeted that night that um, Alexis Sanchez is having the career, the Manchester United career, that people think Angel Di Maria had. Because Di Maria had like, 10 assists in, in his season in the Premier League, and he wasn't even in the team that much, you know. When he played, he was actually pretty good. Um, and obviously, he was very good the other night. Yeah, I, I got into a couple of arguments with some um, probably Man United supposed Man United fans on Twitter about about mm. this, sort of suggesting that they were taking a player, they were they were taking a player who who's had, at that point had played in Argentina, Portugal, and Spain to Manchester, where it's lovely and grey and raining, and um, if I'm not wrong, I believe while he was there, his house got burgled mm. and. It, that people were sort of saying that he was he'd had this terrible thing, and I thought that he'd done a, delivered at least something on the pitch, and maybe he wanted to leave. And but that sort of fans forgetting that players are people essentially, yeah. and that they're not just. But also the United players seem you don't really see this at top level football. It felt you maybe see it in League Two or non-league football, but they they didn't really hide the fact they had a grudge against him. You know, Ashley Young was particularly. You know, there was a lot of kind of trying to rough him up and so which which seemed quite weird in the last 16 of the Champions League game, which is almost you know normally really kind of a glossy you know high octane you know super football it was very kind of like uh, lower league in that respect it'd be interesting to, it'd be interesting to know you won't we'll never be able to, to find out unless sort of one of them came out and, and said something in the media but I'd be interested to know whether those two things sort of happened in parallel or whether sort of you have sort of one leading the other and sort of the crowd getting into him, so you think, so you're actually, if you're actually young, you think, well, nothing is going to endear more than Maria. <laughs> yeah. It had happened abroad, so if um, if this had been the other way around and Paul Pogba the French advertising hoardings and then a bottle of beer had been thrown at a United player, we, in press, I think we'd be making a whole lot more than yeah. what has happened. I think United have a bit of a free pass on this. Um, the bottle throw, I've not heard it mentioned on the podcast this week in a sort of negative way, um, and the actually young thing I thought was I thought that was at least a yellow card, if not maybe a week in the stock something. But it was a really, really bad thing that he did. I know you disagree, Dan. I do disagree. <laughs> what dangerous or under the laws of the game that deserves a red card? Not a lot about it. I think. It's not Ashley Young's fault that the pitch sort of falls down slopes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but he, knows, a weird he knows that's there, though. He, knows, he does know it's there, but it's irrelevant. I give him a nudge. He's falling down there and hurt himself like an ass. Very yeah. lucky, I think, he wasn't seriously hurt. I think Young got it. Theory wasn't seriously. Am I alone in thinking this? Or I mean, I quite like that sort of stuff. Really, um, it, it is a bit. It's just unusual to see it, really. Um, and and I guess what was good about it was that rather than kind of hide and sulk, Dean Maria just basically went, "All right, well, let's," you know. <laughs> and his reaction later in the game was was good as well. So I think that's what makes football good, really. So. Does this come under the, the sort of guise of things that commentators say nobody wants to see that sort of thing on a football pitch, but really... Yeah, really which immediately yes. everyone look up and go, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like the Arsenal-Spurs game earlier this season when it all kicked off. It was brilliant, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, it's what you want. No, definitely. Um, Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer outthought question mark I wrote, and then in researching all this, I did see a quote from uh, Dimitar Berbatov when he said, people are talking shit, <laughs> thinking he was outthought. So, um, you know, was he outthought or are we all talking shit if we think he was? I think uh, he... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go for it. Um, 
I don't know if he's been out thought, but I do. I know at the time as manager, everyone kind of pointed out he had a, a good run, but he really had, had a good run in the league. The only team he's played in the top half, not not just the top six, but the, in the top half so far at Tottenham, and they were pretty lucky to win that match. Remember, De Gea produced a pretty remarkable performance, and you know, the average position of the te- other teams he's faced in the league is like 14th or 15th. So, you know, he has this. He did, did beat Arsenal away. Yeah, yeah but that A, it's Arsenal. B, it's getting <laughs> up and C, you know, it was on a Friday night away. Yes, but this was the first big test, and you know, PSG are, are a really good team. So it's not. I don't think it. It means that he's a bad manager per se, but it does show that maybe people were going a bit over the top before this match. Difficult to judge him when his plan fell apart after about forty minutes. When you've got to take Lingard and Martial off just before and at half time. Yeah. Um, and it, when you replace them with Alexis Sanchez and, and Wati, you're not, you're not exactly got going like for like there. So um, you could argue that a better manager would maybe adapt better or, or would have maybe had some more answers. But I, I think mean, that he wasn't a sticky situation. You mentioned the Arsenal game, and one of the successes of that match was Lukaku playing on the right wing, which he did under Martinez at Everton a couple of times and did really well. And you, you wonder whether that would have been a better move than... I mean, Sanchez just looks like he's gone, and the matter doesn't bring pace to the game, does he? So, yeah, maybe. I'm sure Solskjaer's mulled it over. and, and uh, But it, it carries on, isn't it? Because I think they, both those players are out for a couple of weeks now. And yeah. got, oh, are they going to miss the Liverpool game? game? Apparently, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, no, never mind. Do you um do you think Lexus Sanchez has played too much football in the last seven to eight years? He's done. He's Fernando Torres Mark II. <laughs> it looks like it. I mean Schenko did as well, didn't he when he came to England? Mm. But and Falcao mm. looked like that, although he managed to find another gear and went back. But um yeah, I I mean Arsenal Arsenal are quite judging when to get rid of players, you know, they obviously Van Persie really only did a season and a half at United before he reached the same point so, in the league in that time. But, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the money that United paid to Sanchez each week must rank a bit, I imagine. <laughs> uh, there was a, um, a stat, I think it was on on yesterday's Football Ramble, where they had they were comparing Alexis Sanchez to um, uh, those of the players, I think, of his age. Off the top of my head, I can't remember, though. I think it, were, it was sort of Players around sort of the age of 30, I think he was looking at players of the same sort of level, like Mata, Williams. I think on average he played um, 200 more games than some of those players. Yeah. Right. That's a lot of a lot uh, a lot of miles on 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 the clock. I think that you you could be looking at something that is not maybe not quite for the same reasons but something similar to sort of Wayne Rooney where they sort yeah. he he's not able to maintain that level into his sort of mid to late 30s like some players are yeah there's a chinese saying about you've only got um a certain a finite number of heartbeats everyone you know that there's a number that you'll reach and that's it and yeah. you know you could apply that thinking to football as in it's a bit dark but um you could apply that thinking you know cuz you a footballer will only have a certain amount of time, and you will get the odd player like Teddy Sheringham who can play in his forties. But yeah, a lot of them, particularly if they do start young, like Sanchez and Rooney did, that they will get to their late twenties, early thirties, and, and run out of steam. Would anybody like to know how many heartbeats you've got? 
<laughs> no. No, <laughs> no. Having I, worked I, in bereavement, I don't want to, <laughs> ever. <laughs> I think the, the, the test for, for Sanchez will be whether he can whether he can adapt. Players can... That was sort of the thing for Rooney, is that there was always this talk about him being dropping back and being a midfield player, but it was sort of a fallacy of an idea that as he got less mobile, he was going to play in a position that required you to be more mobile. But when you look at other players like Ronaldo, Cristiano Ronaldo, for example, who has been able to adapt his game, mm. is that something that Sanchez can maybe look at and he can't be this hustle and bustle and sort of pulling teams up by by the scruff of their neck and he has to maybe become a... I don't know what, what, what he beca- whether he could become a... Deep a or whether he could, whether yeah. he could become a number 10. I don't know, but... <clears throat> Um, okay, well, a couple of other things. Gianluigi Buffon became the fourth player age 41 or older to play Champions League football. Uh, anyone want to have a guess as the other three? I've only heard. No, then no. No. I mean, I could say it, but... <laughs> <laughs> was it on your Twitter? Is that where this is from? No, uh, it wasn't on our Twitter, but it was one of our... It's uh, Mark Swartzer, Marco Bellotta and Alexander Shukovsky. That's right. Who were the other two? I've never heard of the other two. They're just old men that play football. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, and Gianluigi Buffon was born uh, before two players. No, hang on. Gianluigi Buffon was playing Champions League football before two players on well, the pitch. Yeah, yeah. Is it Kip Kinnever one? No. Oh. United. Oh, Rashford. Yeah. yeah. Uh, funny on the Champions League this week, Roma 2, Porto 1. Uh, Scott, you're a Roma fan. Do you want to talk about this? Uh, my love affair for Nicolo Zaniolo continues. Just what a play he's becoming at the age of 19. Um, he was part of the... Talking about another player who's on the decline is Roger Nyglund. He was part of the Nyglund deal. We went to to Inter and Roma got Santon and Zaniolo in a in a make-weight deal plus 30 million. Um, he's come on... a very good deal for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take it, take it with both hands because Nyglund has got in trouble with Inter. Yeah. Um, a couple of times he's going down the Icardi route which I think we'll talk about later um, Zaniolo um, made his de- debut in the Bernabeu and in the group stage and has just kicked on ever since he can play any- in the midfield or up front and Bumper taken and thanks to Adam Jacko who laid him off for him um, it, Rome have, have got an, uh, a bit of a chance but it was just that stupid away goal conceded and it was a bit of a fluke it was just um a fluffed shot which went to Adrian Lopez and he just pop, popped it into the bottom corner. But if they can get anything out of that, if they score first in, in at the drag out, I think they've got a chance. Okay. Um, right, so some bits and bobs of news this week. Gordon Banks, unfortunately, and Eric Harrison have passed away uh, this week. Two rather um, grand figures of the, of the British game. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, Declan Rice has declared for England. Over on, has anyone got any issue with this at all, or in a world of dual nationality now? Um, we're no. okay with this. No, I've, I've got an issue with it. Okay. And my issue is with with Tony. Um, uh, is with uh, Andy Townsend having an issue with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Because. Andy Townsend, uh, I believe when, uh, when I was a sort of a teenager, I used to listen to Talk Sport for my sins, and they used to have a, a um, 
sting on there where they used to refer to Andy Townsend as being as Irish as a Yorkshire pudding. (laughs) (laughs) I did a panel with with Andy Townsend a few months ago and that it was in Dublin and it it came up and he was he did make a what to me seemed a fairly convincing uh, background of his Irish I mean obviously he didn't grow up in Ireland but he was there on a day with his family and stuff every year and that so um yeah no he won so he did um, I, I, I think that all these people who are are, compl- are complaining about it from not necessarily always from an irish side but saying sort of like you played for uh, you played for ireland at youth level sort of you, you you should sort of like you've made your bed you should should lie in it uh i think they're being quite if you're ireland especially you're being short-sighted because if you're going to play in that world and you've got kids like Declan Rice surely the advice will be just don't play representative football at national level at that age keep your options open as long as you can because no player who's good enough has ever been turned down to play international football because they didn't play for the under 18s no exactly and you know while this rule exists that if playing then it doesn't count then this will happen you know my favorite one like this is we played two games for the republic of ireland and two games for Northern. um but presumably both were like yeah that that's that'll do that's fine but um but yeah i, I don't really really care and i think rice you know he's just another player to add to this this generation of really really good uh english youngsters so yeah he also had a, his statement was um very articulate and nuanced for a kid of 20 or however Yeah, he is. but I think this is very much because you, you heard Sanchez speak after the game on Wednesday as well, that this generation of, of players is so articulate compared to, you know, even five or ten years ago. That, and it, it partly is because a lot of the clubs now put them, you know, they are concentrating more on their education than they used to. Um, and I guess, you know, we're sort of seeing the, the benefits, really. I think you probably also linked to what we were talking about at the very beginning, when we're uh, sort of like the players at Tottenham, like the more that players are, uh, that managers sorry, are demanding of their their players, especially from a tactical point of view, when you uh, and in, in the English game, which has been been sort of lacking in that time, you, that players are going to demand smarter and smarter players to be able to sort of handle and sort of compute these instructions and be able to go out and perform them on the pitch. So those sort of Things are going to the ability to communicate is going to go hand in hand with that. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know football's becoming a more complicated, cerebral game, and I guess that will yeah will be reflected in the players, and hopefully it'll be reflected in certain. You know, I really it annoys me when you get people who go on really annoying programs that like have I got news for you and kind of just sneer at footballers as a as a general thing. Um, you know, when those footballers are probably more intelligent. Uh, in a sense than they are just because, you know they just do it in a different way so. now I have several conversations with rugby fans at work about that exact same point <laughs> <laughs> uh, right okay what else we've got um, Adam lower leagues you can be right with this yeah I'm just going to have a sit down okay <laughs> <laughs> there's some low league games this weekend uh, in the championship um, Leeds are top on 61 points Norwich on 60, uh, and then Sheffield United in third place on 58 points. So uh, Sheffield United playing Reading, um, Bolton are at home to Norwich, don't think Leeds are playing. Um, Blackburn are playing Middlesbrough, which seems a very sort of 
10 years ago Premier League fixture. Yep. Uh, League One, you declared an interest earlier on, Duncan, with, uh, with yeah. the Wanderers. Okay, so League One is um, Luton top on 68, Barnsley 62, and then the player places you've got Plymouth, Sunderland, Charlton and Doncaster. So Barnsley in second place are at home to Wickham tomorrow. How yeah, we were, away, we were away at Luton last weekend and Ooh. lost 3-0. Yeah. Um, we generally do okay at Kenilworth Road, so that is a pretty bad result. And then away at Barnsley this weekend. So, yeah, no, I would imagine this, a similar kind of outcome, really. They, they, those two teams are definitely the ones that have kind of stepped up in, in recent weeks. You know, Portsmouth and Sunderland have, have sort of fallen off the pace a bit. So, um, yeah, not, not hoping for, for too much. Uh, or not, rather, not expecting too much. But, yeah, you, you know, if Faku Fenwa doesn't go to a major worldwide sporting event, then we might be right. <laughs> Where are Wickham in the league? Uh, we're 10th, actually, which, you know, given that we uh, we just wanted to stay up, we came up last season, you know, staying up was the, was the priority. We probably only need four, four or five more wins, and we're fine. So it's been a pretty successful season, uh, really. You're still looking um, down, you're not looking up. Well, we're kind of... We're slightly closer to the playoffs than the relegation zone, but I don't think we're, we're not really consistent enough to make a make a push for that. But yeah, I mean, any sort of eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh would be would be ideal, really. Okay. Uh, where else? Oh, yeah, I tell you what it is tomorrow. Um, it is Fleet and, Fleetwood versus Luton. That means it's Joey Barton versus Mick Harford in the dugout. Oh God, yeah. that could get very interesting. <laughs> that might um, to- end one way, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, um, talking about Sunderland, they're losing two one at home to uh, to Accrington, and Accrington and playing them off the park. Yeah, Accrington, uh, really yeah, good. they were yeah, a really good side. And yeah, Sunderland really are. It was funny because in the autumn, their fans were were really enjoying being in League One as a kind of novelty, and you know, new clubs to play and the big sort of fish in the league. Um, but they're really they're starting to really panic now that they might be in it for another season at least, and. Uh, you know, obviously Man City bounced in 99 straight away, but, you know, teams like Forest, um, you know, various others have, have gone down to League One and taken a few years to get out of it. So. Yeah. But it's just 2-2, Aidan McGeady's just scoring. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, and Man on the Post, I better say that Southend are playing Portsmouth. We've got a few Portsmouth fans on Man on the Post, Duncan. Um, League Two, Scott, we're going to do League Two. Yeah, we're not playing this week because we were supposed to have Newport, but they've got uh, other priorities. OK, so Lincoln and Tom, 61 points, then Mansfield, 58, Berry 57, and then the playoffs you've got MK Dons, uh, Colchester, Carlisle and Forest Green Rovers. So we've got a local derby this weekend of Notts County versus Mansfield. That could be quite tasty, couldn't it? Yeah, well, um, Mansfield under Flickcroft, um, who uh, has been a Swindon fan, ruined our season last season and decided to do the same thing when he went to Mansfield halfway through. But they're looking a bit more solid at the back and he's trying to buy every single player that he can at the moment just to get this promotion push. Um, but Notts County, um, they won at Forest Green last week and they seem to be pulling away a little bit, but their their owner, who's just put them up for sale, seems to have got himself in hot water in the press over the last couple of weeks <laughs> over an alleged picture that went viral. Um, but and he I both some sort. And it, yeah, and he and both them, yeah, sort of picture. But yeah, um, but I, not, Mansfield, Mansfield and Lincoln just look too strong for this league at the moment. Yeah. Um, okay, so obviously got Carlisle play MK Dons, Exeter versus Berry and Stevenage, uh, Macclesfield, Colchester, as I said, and Forest Green versus Yeovil. Um, 
as I was at that, as I was at uh, a certain game on Tuesday night, um, we played Forest Green and won two 0 They actually look a very good, decent side. Um, Mark Cooper um, likes to play a very interactive style of football. Um, very Mark Cooper. Yeah, Swindon. Uh, oh God, where else was he before that? Peterborough, I think. Peterborough, yeah, Peterborough. And talking about Peterborough, Barry, Barry Fry. Fry. Yeah, I saw that earlier. Resigned at Peterborough over alleged betting scandal. Um, yeah, Forest Green have done really well. Um, they got Christian Doidge back after his his loan deal at Bol- uh, Bolton went very much awry. Um, but Forest Green will be a, a good shout for the playoffs this season. Okay. Uh, right, what else have we got? We've got uh, FA Cup this weekend. Uh, so, what do we do? We do some bits and bobs of leagues so we can, you can do your Mario Kart thing. So, it's all a bit meat and potatoes this week. So, you've got Barcelona, Real Madrid, Atletico Madrid, Seville um, in La Liga. Barcelona play Real Valladolid. Uh, Real Madrid play My Girona and Real Valacano at home to Atletico Madrid. Uh, in Germany, Atletico. how many times do we have to go over this? Oh. <laughs> Every <laughs> week. <laughs> uh, Germany, Dortmund on top, five points ahead of Bayern. Um, we're on forty-five points, but Bayern playing Augsburg tonight. You would think, are oh, no, it's um, Nuremberg three. at the bottom, isn't it? Yeah. Bayern a three-two up after conceding the goal after fifteen seconds. Brilliant. So they can go within two points of Dortmund, who don't play till. Monday, do they? Yeah, Monday night football in the Bundesliga. There's probably protests about that coming soon. <laughs> uh, OK, what else have we got? France, PSG are 10 points ahead of Lille, who are then six points ahead of um, Lyon. So, um, Sanitino in fourth are at home to P this weekend. That looks quite a tasty one on um, mm. on BT Sport, doesn't it? Yeah, the Ibra loved, used to love playing at um, Sanetti and Dini when yep. he was at PSG. Used to score goals for fun against them. And that could be quite an interesting game. Yeah, and then in Italy, everyone, you've got Juventus on 63 points and Napoli 52, Inter 43, AC Milan 39. So, um, um, Juve... Juve are playing Frosinone tonight, and I oh, saw yeah. on Twitter. Uh, can any of you guys guess how much tickets were going for this in this game? It's at Juve, isn't it? Yeah, it's at Juve in the lovely Allianz Stadium. 20 euros. Um, go a lot higher. Oh, really? For Frosinone? Yeah. 100. 150 euros. Would anyone pay 100? Guys, did you pay 150 euros to watch Rosalini? No. 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 <laughs> uh, um, Napoli playing Torino, Atlanta playing AC Milan. Right, Inter Milan playing Sampdoria. Um, Scott, you wanted to talk a little bit about Mario Cardi, didn't you? Yes, yeah, the. Well, actually, this is the, the infamous uh, Mario Cardi, Maxi Lopez situation which happened a few years ago uh there's um there's strong rumors which come out today which uh which i found quite ironic which uh maracardi's wife who is his agent wandanara um may have been playing around with uh from home with uh marcelo brozovic uh, allegedly allegedly uh, allegedly allegedly which is lawyers are <laughs> yeah. i mean if they did that'd be amazing if they'll listen to this but you know yeah, and um, Brozovic and Akali had a bit of a falling out in the summer, and Brozovic liked some Instagram posts of the captain announcement of Samir Handanovic, which was uh, announced midweek. Inter decided to strip Akali of the captaincy, and then he went on a bit of a bit of a huff because he was called up for the game. Yeah. 
in the champ, uh, not the, the Europa League, and he decided not to travel. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's, it's fun to watch. It's fun to watch Inter implode. Do you do? Sorry, our stats, Duncan. Uh, we do. We cover all the leagues. Uh, I don't really do that much on Serie A, but yeah, we we do all those leagues exactly the same level as we do the Premier League and and Champions League. So, is there any way of looking at Icardi's stats and seeing how he might do over here, or where which team he might do best at? Or yeah, I mean, you can look at. We've got things like playing styles, which basically allow you to see how players do in in certain uh, setups, and you know. Uh, we're developing a lot of models like that for clubs because they can use it to scout. They kind of realise that you can't just go and buy players just because they're good. You kind of have to see how they fit in. And I think N'Golo Kante is a good example of that. Leicester only decided to buy him Khan when they realised that he would slot straight into their team really well. So, um, so yeah, that is something that we we can do. Okay. Yeah, excellent. I mean, um, you really wanted just to hear the words Liverpool. When yeah, you I was just going to say, you yeah. want Liverpool, don't you? <laughs> How does that? Have you done any correlation team? With Adam? <laughs> Ask, asking for a German friend of mine, Duncan. <laughs> got a spare eighty million quid. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, right. Last thing then, FA Cup. So uh, QPR uh, are playing Watford now, aren't they? Yes, one 0 I think to Watford. Is it? Okay, okay. Which is it's quite interesting actually because obviously you've got Watford, you've got um, Brighton. At home to Derby, and yep. you have got Palace away to Doncaster now, and Wolves, um, uh, who are they, away to Bristol City. So, you know, there's not many big teams left in it. And for, for those clubs, you know, this is a really good chance, I think. Are you trying to say this is Manchester City's to lose? Possibly. Although, you know, no one goes to Rodney Parade and has an easy game. No. Brackets, quite a lot of people do. To be fair. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, we, there's a lot of talk about certain Premier League clubs n- not playing strong teams in the Cup and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But you, if you pass the fifth round in the quarterfinals, then you, you're close enough that all those clubs that I mentioned will will, will fancy, a, you know, a trip to Wembley. Oh, yeah, definitely. So how do you think um, Brighton are going to get on tomorrow? They've got one league win in 11, haven't they? And Derby have pretty well in the Cups, beating Manchester United and Southampton this season. Duncan, how do you think they're going to fare? Yeah, it could go either way. I mean, Derby have looked good in the in both cups, and you know Lampard's doing a really good job. Um, and obviously, they knocked out Southampton. So yeah, I, I wouldn't like to call this one really. I mean, Brighton. I mean, Brighton need need a result really to put them back on track. So um, I've got a, yeah, I've got a suspicion that they'll they'll do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Adam, AFC Wimbledon versus more the Kenny Cunningham Derby. How do you think that's going to go? Uh, well, we were very close to this game being West Ham, which would have been an entirely oh, different God, yeah. <laughs> it, it, dep- it depends. Um, have, they, have they activated the handball rule for this game or not? <laughs> yeah, good point. Um, yeah, I don't know if Meadows even got TV, let alone video recorders. <laughs> uh, as a very be right. I've been to that ground. It's quite compact and uh, yeah. a bit derelict. Yeah. It's um, yeah, it's tight, should we say? But yeah, yes. I mean, basically, one of those teams is going to be in the FA Cup quarter final, and I kind of hope it's Wimbledon in the sense that Millwall. It feels like Millwall have had more than their fair share of FA Cup success over the last twenty years. They've you know, had we, three quarter final appearances in the last seven years. I'm sure you've already knew. Yeah, and well, they you got could, you could have gone with two final before. appearances. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I mean Wimbledon 
are pretty much down in League One, uh, yeah. I think. So they should do do what Wickham did in 2001 and you know try and make the semis. That would be good, wouldn't it? Yeah. Did you go to that game? Yeah, I went to, I, we played 10 games in the Cup that season. The only one I didn't go to was Grimsby away in the replay of the third round. Oh, so you went to Royce and Dark game at Leicester, did you? Yeah, I was there. Um, and, yeah, I've still got a scar on my knee, actually, from falling down about eight rows of steps when, <laughs> when we scored. So, yeah, now that was that was the best game, actually, because obviously the semi-final was against Liverpool Villa Park, but it felt a bit surreal. You know, we had 20,000 fans there, and obviously... Most of those don't normally come to games. It was all a bit odd. Whereas Leicester away was, was yeah, just the just the real fans, and it was uh, yeah one of the one of the memorable days. How many games more did he play for you after that? Uh, about four, maybe. He was absolutely terrible, and it it still rankles that he scored that goal because there were so many long-serving players in that team who deserved to go down in in the record books. And he, while the rest of the team was celebrating at the end of that game. He went in, powered and changed, and his agent was demanding a three-year contract before the other players had even got back to the dressing room. No, really? Yeah, and we, we released him at the end of the season because he, he was just, he wasn't very good. Um, I don't know how he scored that. It was, it was one of those moments where, you know, everything stops still and he did what he needed to do. But, um, yeah, and, you know, even now, I say to someone, oh, yeah, but Wickham, they're like, oh, yeah, Roy Essendon. So, you know, he'll, he'll be remembered, but it probably wasn't the most... Um, deserving player in that team. Oh. Uh, okay, Newport, Manchester City. Anybody think that Newport can do this, or even get a replay? No, I don't think there is replays. Does it oh, go really? straight? There is it? no replays. No, yeah. Come on, yeah. keep up. Oh, bloody rule changes. Um, okay, anyone think Newport can do this? No, I, Man City will be too strong. I did hear um, the Newport manager saying, "I hope to have like three rugby games on the on the pitch just to." <laughs> Bring bring it back to reality, nah. Um, it'd be a cracking atmosphere at Rodney Parade. Uh, no club from the fourth tier has reached the quarterfinal since Cambridge in what year, guys? 86? Uh, oh, you got it wrong, you got it wrong, you got it wrong. Is it 91? <laughs> no, almost. Oh, 90. Yay. Yeah. I was one. <laughs> oh, stop it. I was three. I was 13. <laughs> Fuck off all of you. <laughs> <laughs> I hate getting old. <laughs> the problem with getting old, we've got, a, we've got a 19-year-old in our work and it's having to explain to him players like Brett Angel and people like that because, of course, he's never oh heard of them. Oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's a name from the past. But then being 19, he's never heard of... Well, he, I'm trying to think of like a jobbing Premier League. Joseph Desire Job, he never would have heard of someone like that. Yeah. Or right. Patrick. Who did I say the other day? I said someone really obvious the other day. Um, I, don't know, I can't remember who it was, but, you know, anyone would remember him from the 90s and they just were completely blank. And it was like, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As an age we've all reached. Uh, okay, so Bristol City versus Wolves. I've got an idea um, that they can do it. Oh, you've got to go with you, Duncan. Yeah, I need to I need to dash now. But, okay. um, but yeah, thanks. No. Um, Enjoyable. I didn't think I'd be talking about Roy Essendon, though, but there we go. <laughs> you can wash your mouth out that. Thank you ever so, ever so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate that. Cool. No worries. Brilliant. Take care. Catch up soon. Cheers, Duncan. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, right, Bristol City Wolves, chaps. Um, I've got an idea. This this could be where the, the story happens this weekend. 
I'm with you. They've won nine in a row, and lit, oh, they've gone up the championship table rapidly, and I see the asset this weekend. Stealing another another fact from the football rabble, they're the most informed team in Europe. Europe? Really? Europe. Who they... Apparently they haven't lost a game since, like, November. Uh, I wrote something. It's October. <laughs> it's October. No, no, it's the next team, October. Okay. The, who are they behind? In the league table? No, no, the most informed, one of the most informed teams. No, they are the... Oh, oh they are the... My apologies. Uh, so, like, basically what he means, Scott, if they're about to play yeah. Real Madrid, Bristol City would be favourites. Yeah, absolutely. Even though it pains me to say it, I, I would want that. <laughs> Those teeth, those gritted teeth, gnashing. Or <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, how about this for a um, for an upset? Doncaster Rovers versus Crystal Palace. Uh, Wilfred Zaha is banned. Is that for is that for diving? That was for his sarcastic clapping and got an oh sarcastic. Game. Oh yeah, um, yeah, because Doncaster got one of the informed strikers in the football league in John Marquis. I mean, they're yeah. still Doncaster though. I know, yeah. A <laughs> withering comment there. Yeah. Uh, they've lost two out of 18 in all competitions and not lost at home since October, Adam. Yeah, well, I've never been to Doncaster. I've never seen Doncaster Rovers play. But What, what, what uh, kind of shirts do they wear? I uh, couldn't tell you. Go on, uh, one of, uh, one of my... Blue. No, I'm horribly wrong. <laughs> red. Red, red and, and white. Yes, red and white what? Stripes. Horizontal or vertical? Well, no. I, if I if I meant hoops, I'd have said hoops. <laughs> um, we, um, one of my old employers, we used to have a contract in Doncaster. I have to deal with loads of people from there. I hate the place. Never been. Oh, really? Yeah. So, <laughs> I hope they lose. Who are they playing again? Crystal Palace. Good. Come on, Palace. <laughs> Did you get fired from that job? No. <laughs> I left to move on to much greater things. After they asked you to leave. <laughs> After they escorted you out of the building. <laughs> the joke's on them because that company doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> because of you. I bought it down from the inside. Uh, Swansea versus Brentford. Um, Ollie McBurney could be back for Swansea. Um, anyone bothered about this? No. No? Okay, Manchester United versus Chelsea. If they lose, um, Chelsea lose. Is it goodbye, Sarri, do you think? Or... Um, I don't know, because I don't know who's making the decisions. And if anyone who... Made it, or the person who's responsible for making the decisions even cares anymore. Because there's no director of football. We don't let Roman Abramovich in the country anymore. Hmm. He's probably just forgotten about it. Do you think it's weird? Really, thinking about sort of 20 years' time, he'll be... Um... <laughs> in the sack, Tim. What it <laughs> his time. He'll sort of come back to London when he's finally allowed in and he'll sort of say, Oh Chelsea, I still own those and he'll pop in and there's Sarri still there. Yeah. <laughs> With all the same players because they're not allowed to buy or sell anybody. It's like a fifty year old Eden Hazard. You see Sarri on the, about five hundred cartons of cigarettes in the corner. <laughs> uh, go on, how do you think someone's gonna go? It's got it's at Old Trafford, isn't it? Yeah, um, I think Chelsea's woes will continue. I think Man United want to bounce back after the PSG performance. Yeah. Um, I'd be inclined to agree, but I would be interested to see what sort of Solskjaer's not plan B as such is, but if he moves to um, 
playing Lukaku through the middle and Rashford on the left and Mata on the right, that looks like a team lineup that a certain Portuguese manager used to play quite often, and that didn't go so well. <laughs> no, not go well. So, um, but they were doing it happier though. That, that makes all the difference. Well, yeah, if they do, they'll do that with a smile on their face. They might, they might pull something out <laughs> the bag. Um, so I'd be interested to see what that is. I, I, but my my sort of base reaction is I would expect uh, Manchester United victory. Okay, um, and that's it. Anyone got any AOB or anything they'd like to add? No, I'm out. Yeah, same. Yeah, okay. I've got one thing. Uh, Mark, hopefully still at this parish at some point in time, um, has released a podcast today, uh, a Football Pink podcast, which well, is... Hold on, you can't be off the parish and release your own podcast. We've seen what happens with that. Happening. <laughs> yeah. Okay, formally of this Ross parish. Is, Ross is going to have words with you. <laughs> formally of this parish. Uh, has released a podcast where he's interviewed um, an Everton statistician whose name I can't mention, uh, remember, or I can't mention, I can't remember it. Uh, Pat Nevin and Tony Evans, uh, formerly oh, cool. of the Times, where they talk about the 1991 FA Cup match uh, between Liverpool and Everton, which ended 4 all, um, And was the last I mean, game before Kenny Aglish resigned. That's a niche podcast, isn't it? It is, but it's fascinating. <laughs> Are you going to listen to it? No. You're an Everton fan. I'm just being honest. <laughs> it is, it's actually really quite good, actually. It's quite, it's quite an engaging I'm sure it is. Mark was a very good, a very adequate man when he was on our podcast, so I'm sure it is um, an excellent listen. I just have a finite amount of time. Fair enough. I listen talking, to... Go on. Talking about podcasts, I was listening to Simon Ferry's podcast with Paul Hartley, uh, ex of Hearts. Um, Hearts, who was the... Ro- Ro- Do you remember Romanoff, who was sort of yes. in charge... He was talking about they had like seventy-seven players on their books during one season. Not like Chelsea, <laughs> like Chelsea, and his pre-season was like uh, they went like speedboating and stuff like that, and they were like, "We've got like games in like ten days. <laughs> what what are we supposed to be doing?" Was that the, no, that was because um, they split the old firm at one year, wasn't it? That was yeah, George Craig, Burley. George, yeah, George oh, Craig, but George Burley. Yeah, uh, yeah, he, I think. They, got to top two and they got in the Champions League qualifiers that's right yeah yeah that was a his few years for them wasn't it it must have been great yeah. in Hearts fun then yeah it's very worth the listen just to see the crazy times at Hearts okay Adam any podcast you want to recommend no because they're rivals and I'm bitter to the I'm loyal to the bitter ends <laughs> I've got one I can tell you but I'm not going to I'm keeping okay. it to myself <laughs> fair enough okay Adam if they want to follow you and DM you and ask you how do they yeah, do that on Twitter uh, Adam SA101, I won't tell you. I'm taking this to my grave. And when I'll tell you as soon as we stop recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, if you want to follow you, how do they do that? Uh, at Scott underscore Munro. Okay, uh, Duncan is uh, at Oily Sailor on um, Twitter, which I was going to ask him about and I forgot to. Uh, I'm dread to think. Um, at Man of the Post is a Twitter account uh, and the account you can follow us on there. You can like us on facebook as well uh you get to see pictures of swindon town on a tuesday night yay um, yay <laughs> uh you can subscribe to us on itunes you can like us on um acast or follow us on acast and everything automatically falls into your inbox um i imagine there'll be a podcast on sunday talk about the games that we previewed uh will there be a euros podcast next week i imagine there will be uh no there's not um i'll tell you off air but we've postponed it to the following week um, God, the amount of stuff you're going to hear off air listeners that you'll never ever hear. 
It's better than the actual podcast. Um, and last weekend there was a unusual efforts podcast release. So go back through your archives and uh, and have a listen to that because it's well worth thinking about. Footballers as, or managers as therapists. Oh, that's a good one. You choose. I went for Maradona because it'd just be like the most mental therapy session you can imagine. Oh. God, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm, uh. How about um, Zamperini? Yeah, well, he's a president now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. but again, it yeah. wouldn't be boring, would it? Yeah, sacking 77 coaches in about 15 years, that could be quite... But he's going to be your therapist. Oh, yeah, well, that'd be quite therapeutic. Do you think? Yeah, that'd be quite fun, actually, yeah, Samparini. Okay, Adam? I was just trying to think of a player who would look good in a a, um, a tweed jacket with leather elbow patches. <laughs> so Campbell. Mm. I mean, he, he sort of wears that stuff anyway, doesn't he? Jack Wiltshire. Country gent Jack Wilshire. <laughs> no, you're getting confused. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have to think about that one. I just imagine therapists were in polo next though, rather than sort of. Well, like a, 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 you're going for a more sort of Steve Jobs esque. Yeah. Okay. You mean a turtleneck, not a polo neck? Yeah. What's a, what's a polo neck? Uh, like a a polo, you know, a polo shirt. Yeah. T shirt T-shirt with a collar. Okay. This should really be off air. We really yeah. need to wrap this up. <laughs> okay. Digressive. We're digressing badly. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. No worries. You got so close to the end and it just yeah. took you 10 minutes <laughs> to get over the line. No wonder he cleared off. Right. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And always remember to keep your man of the post. <laughs>